This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you know you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, unlike the Owls, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So there's only one thing left to say, what's everybody having? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means you'll get some tasty rewards later on. And between you and me, if you order just before kickoff, you can get it just in time for half time, but I've not told you that. Only via the app at participating restaurants, 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery free and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. See you later. The Wednesday Week Podcast. A strictly unbiased view on Sheffield Wednesday. The world's greatest football club. Hi there, a very warm welcome to the Wednesday week, the Sheffield Wednesday podcast. Uh, I'm James, who have we got this week? We've got Fudge. Yes, yes, I'm here. Yes, I'm here. All, uh, well, all calmed down since last week. I've had a, uh, I've had a moment to simmer on it. So uh, let's hope I don't just turn it into a, a, you know, a whinge fest. Yeah, don't do that. We it was I thought we were quite constructive last week without you, mate. You know, no offense, but you know. <laughs> there, there was a definite lack of bloody rubbish going on. Yeah, we're all bloody rubbish. Bloody rubbish. <laughs> uh Vic's here as well. Hello. Hello. Hi. Yeah, I'm quite calm this we... week actually. It's quite a calm week, isn't it? <sighs> well, I think it fell about right, didn't it, for us to have a kind of a week off from football. Well, it's a couple of weeks off from football, isn't it, with the international break. Just have a bit of a break from it all. Um, Eddie That's might join nice. us at some point. It, mm. He's a bit too famous these days. He can't really be asked with us lots. So uh, he said he was going to be here and he's just not. So uh, we will crack on regardless. And um, we will talk about, well, we'll talk about two things. First of all, I want to talk about the Riverside Cafe because it's brilliant. Uh, and they're also our sponsors. And then we're going to talk about the Sheffield United game. Um, I kind of need to go first on this because I, I, I went to the match and um, you might, I mean, you might just want to, you know, make yourselves a drink right now or maybe Vic might, you, you might want to go and have a bath. I might go for a wee. If, I might go for a wee. Yeah. yeah <laughs> because I, I just, I need to rant for just a couple of minutes about the absolute farce that was getting into that football stadium. So we'll talk about the match in a bit. Um there's a massive amount to say about that, to be fair. But, um, yeah, I mean, you've probably seen a couple of people talk about this. It was absolute chaos getting into that football stadium. It was ridiculous. And I am mega pissed off at the statement the Sheffield United put out, saying basically, in the words of Dan Fudge, didn't happen. 
because it did happen. Um, <laughs> so me and my friends, we got there at 20 past seven. Now, we're kind of last minutes when it comes, particularly to away games. We tend to get there five minutes before kickoff. But we got there early because we knew it would probably take a little bit longer to get in. And we wanted to make sure we were in for uh, the Remembrance Day stuff um, and make sure that you know we were in our seats in time to observe the silence and all that. Well, that went out the window. Uh, we didn't even know that it had taken place because it took 35 minutes to get inside the uh, ground and we were 10 minutes into the game by the time we got inside it was ridiculous it was scary it hurt i was in pain at, at points because of the fact that i just i could not move an inch uh it was ridiculous it was absolutely uh what you've seen people talking about on twitter and on facebook it was uh, it was horrendous. It was really bad, and there were like people. In front, I mean, we were all right because we're you know we're still at an age whereby we can kind of look after ourselves and stuff. But there were people in front of us, kind of you know uh, more kind of elderly fans. I hope that doesn't sound offensive to them, um, who were kind of just giving up. They just had to just get just try and squeeze their way back out. Or you know we kind of formed a ring around a couple of people to just make sure that they didn't get squashed. It was insane. It was pathetically badly stewarded. Um, I didn't see any police at all, other than just trying to keep the fans away from each other. The, there was nothing. By the time I actually got to the turnstile, he didn't even check a ticket. It just scanned us straight in. There was no searching. I don't know what was going on. Three turnstiles for 2,500 fans. Whatever they did, it didn't work. Right, I've had my rant. Uh, who wants to talk about the... Who wants to talk about admit, the football? James, like, well, shall we... Can thought... we talk... Sorry, Govic. No, I like obviously spoke to you afterwards and you'd said about how horrendous it was. And I'd spoke to somebody else who'd been in a very similar situation and um, rang 999, which, you know, all of Sheffield Police were in one place. So, but I just, I I didn't expect that at all. It really, really threw me. And it, at first, when you see like the odd tweet or whatever, you think, oh, it's just people being dramatic, you know, that they're viking, they're just being a bit wild. Um but actually, no, it was pretty damn awful, wasn't it? And actually a serious safety yeah. risk. And then the Sorry. argument that I've yeah. seen, the argument that I've seen from like, obviously Blades fans or neutral fans or whatever is like, oh, well, Norwich shouldn't have a problem when they tried to get in. It's like, yeah, but Norwich isn't half of the city all turning up at one point. You know, like Norwich, if you're Norwich away, like if you're coming to Sheffield United away, you're from Norwich, you're going to fill in at like, over the course of two hours, it's going to be quite peaceful. The fact was, it was at quarter to eight on a Friday night. No one wants to be in Sheffield at quarter to eight on a Friday night, let alone at Bramall Lane. I think, yeah, it's a pretty scary situation. Yeah, it was It was just insane. It was really, really crazy stuff. And, um, uh, yeah, I mean, obviously I'm aware of the, the, the same person that you mentioned there, Vic, who ended up calling 999 in the middle of it, which, you know, in hindsight, you think about it and think, well, that's a strange thing to do. There's police everywhere. But it just, it, it, you know, I can understand why someone would just feel so helpless to think, what on earth can I do? Um, cause it was, yeah, it was, it was really bad. The studio inside the ground as well was, was, was just, you know, it, it, again, pretty much non-existent. People were just standing wherever all the, uh, kind of the aisles, the exits were just blocked by people that, that couldn't be bothered going to find their seat. The stewards were making no attempt to make anyone find their seat at all so it was it was just um it was just chaos so i must say i'm i missed the minute silence which i understand was observed Ooh. impeccably by everyone inside the stadium not that you'd have known <laughs> it if you were watching it on on sky what was that all about <laughs> that was well, awful it was awful yeah yeah as soon as the uh the last post started to play um now there's been this rumor for years that sky sports pump crowd noise in 
You know, they go, right, we're with you tonight. It's Sunderland versus Oxford. Get ready for all the football. <laughs> you know what I mean? And they, and they really make it sound exciting. And, um, and they, as the last post started to play, um, as you say, you know, I've seen, I've seen videos of people there. The silence was, was absolutely impeccably, uh, adhered to at the, at the ground. But what they did is just generic crowd noise, you know, like just the, the rumble of the crowd of just, just a crowd of mm. people just milling around. You know what I mean? And then, uh, after the last post finished, it was like somebody went, Trev, you've left the crowd noise on. And it, and it literally just turned it down like, like terrible canned laughter from friends from 1998. Do you know what I mean? It was, yeah. it was awful. Is that what you what saw? A what a really offensive yeah, mistake think, to make. How bad does that I, make Sheffield look, that? It was a disgusting mistake to make. And do you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take one for the team here. But we were sat, I, was at my, I went to go and watch it at my mum and dad's. And obviously, like, we got it on full blast. We sat in the living room, like, all sat around the TV watching it. And at first, we were very, very confused. And then we were like, well, surely nobody that we know in Sheffield would ever do this sort of thing, like, ever. Like, sting over. But then they played United chants. So it, like, all you could hear is United, United. So it made it sound like it was them as well. And it wasn't, it was nobody. There was nobody there singing over that. Like, absolutely nobody. And at the end of the day, you know, as well as I do, I mean, I've not been to Bramall Lane for probably, God, eight, ten years now. But when we've played United at Hillsborough, you're on the phone talking to your cousin or your best mate or your uncle or your dad or whoever in the away end. Are you waving? You're trying to find out where you are. We're all from Sheffield. We all, like, 90 minutes, it's a football game. It's brilliant. We can all live off it for the next 20 years, whatever, or <laughs> since 1979 in our case. Um, but it, that, just goes beyond football and it just made us look like shit as a city it really really did and sky have not apologized for there yet they've just done a half-assed tweet saying we apologize unreservedly for that mistake how many people who watch that will be following sky on twitter oh i'd imagine not even 20 percent. so i think there should have been more yeah. done about that it, it also does highlight as as um as uh, Fudge mentioned here that um, there is a wider issue that this kind of highlights, doesn't it? About this, you know, pretty much proof we've got here that Sky are just pumping crowd noises over the top of their commentary. Because why? Why would they have that ready to play at any yeah. point other than? You know, I've why seen people. Think, right, I, 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 I've, I've been to Bramall Lane a few times. The acoustics are a bit strange in that football stadium because from the away end, it sounded like there was. Pretty much for the entire ninety minutes, barely uh, a single song from the home end. It was deathly silent from the home end. Um, I'm sure United fans would probably challenge that. Um, and I've actually seen a couple of people on Twitter saying, "Oh, the atmosphere sounds electric." Uh, it wasn't. It certainly wasn't from where I was in the uh, in the away. And actually, the Wednesday fans weren't particularly boisterous through uh, through the game, but certainly more so than the United fans were. So um, it really, it, I, I'm going to wonder every time I watch a game on Sky now whether or not and you know if the noise you hear you is, is say that actually though, true but you hear if you're in one end that's making noise like if you go on a wednesday away game you're always going to hear wednesday is louder as far as it sounded on sky united were louder but they were at home it's it's always like you just can't pick it up unless you are sat like no, right. directly in the center above the stadium you have no idea what the noise is and even then you wouldn't hear it would you 
So it's just, it's ridiculous, really. But yeah, it didn't, it didn't sound like a lively atmosphere, James. I'm not going to lie. No, it it really it really wasn't, and I'm you know anyone else that was in the away end will probably kind of nodding away green now that the United fans just seem to sit in complete silence. You know, probably pretty much sat on their hands for um, for ninety minutes, but I'm sure they'd um, they'd dispute that. Uh, right, okay, then. Well, let's talk about the team news because it was there were a few surprises in there. Um, probably the most notable, noti- notable, notable. That is a word. I'm not making it up. The most notable of them was. Um, the absence of Fernando Forestieri after kind of a, a week and a bit of like, you know, will he, won't he, is he, isn't he? Uh, it turned out that he wasn't fit enough to take uh, his place in the squad, which was kind of, you know, as we were kind of checking the team news in my kitchen before we set off to go to the ground, that's kind of what everyone seemed to focus on. Is that what you guys kind of picked up on when the team news came out that he decided not to take a risk on him? Uh, mine was mine was the fact we were playing six defenders. That was that was the first thing I picked up. With uh, you know, Fiorentina has been out for a couple of weeks, and uh, our our uh, strike force seems to change on a you know daily basis. Who's who's top? Who's in top form? Who's bottom of the list? Who's this? But we played with six defenders. But um, yeah, you know, I wasn't too surprised that Fiorentina is out. What about you, Vic? Um, I, I was surprised in the way that I really thought that the whole injury thing was a big ploy and that I thought Joss was going to come out as he did and say, oh no, actually, lol, Forestier is fit. It just, it felt like I'm all for teasing the opposition. I'm all for like winding up the opposition. But don't do that to your own, fa- like you're already, like as much as we may not agree or disagree with whatever, but He's already not in great favour with our fans at the moment, is Jos Lukai. So why would you tease them with that and then go, nah, actually, fam, no, I'm not going to play him tonight. See you later. Like, no, just don't even mention his name. Like, no one would have questioned it. If he just said he's still injured, fine, he's still injured. No one would have thought about it. The fact that he dangled it like a little sweet honeyed carrot in front of us was just cruel. But do you think he was more likely doing that to try and disrupt United's preparations for the game? I think he thinks more about trying to win football games than what the fans think about stuff. Yeah, I think I don't think he's he's that ad- adapted to British football and the way we <laughs> we play the mind games at the beginning. He's, and given that, like we said before, he's got the personality of a mop. I don't think he thinks that far forward. If I'm honest. <laughs> <laughs> but he's certainly not interested in winning the fans over, is he? He's not going to say something because it makes the fans happy. You get the impression he doesn't give a toss what the fans think about him or his decisions or anything. And that's why we don't like him. Yeah. Fair enough. <laughs> uh, right, okay, so what, what else have we got going on? So, uh, Well, let's talk about the match then. Let's talk about the football. And um, So I, it was about 10 minutes into the game when I, when I got in there uh, and it felt like a complete kind of barrage on the goal just in front of us for the first kind of five minutes that we uh, that we were in the stadium, uh, which of course resulted in the penalty. Uh, that was really close to where we were. My first instinct was, yep, definite spot kick. Looked like he caught him from um, just, he, he kind of came across him and caught him. Um, I must admit, after watching it back, I've doubted myself a little bit. I'm not entirely sure whether it, it was or wasn't. It was very light contact, although I get the fact that when you're running, Light contact can send you flying. Uh, I don't know. On the balance of it, I'd probably say no penalty. What do you What do you reckon, Vic? 
Definite penalty. I'm sorry. Yeah, it, it was. It was. Like, if that had been Fulham versus Villa, we'd have all gone, yeah, penalty. The fact that it was a derby game, we instantly have sort of like, sort of like much more detailed spectacles on as we watch this match. It was, it was a penalty. Um, but hats off to Cameron Dawson. Absolutely smashed those twats that Sankir and Westwood at him out of the ground. And if any of them stood up to celebrate that save, then sod off. Because he did incredible. Um, yeah, absolutely. Do you know what? Like, if you'd have told me it was going to be a nil-nil draw, I'd have snapped your hands off. If you'd have told me it was going to be a nil-nil draw, or a draw, with a clean sheet for Dawson and a penalty save, I would have absolutely jumped around the room. Brilliant. Like, what a... What a thing that is now for his confidence. That has just built him up so much. He's a Wednesday fan. He's saved a penalty at their ground. Brilliant. Hats off to him. Can't fault him. What was your take on it, Fudge? Was it a penalty for you? I was like you, actually, James. I uh, As soon as I saw it, I, I stonewall. Absolute stonewall. He's gone round the back of him, and he's. Uh, it was obvious that the, uh, that the lad had... Um, Left his leg back to be kicked, like we've said this before, like a um, like a wide receiver for an NFL team where they drag the feet on the floor so they can make contact with it, and that's what he did. He left it there to be kicked, and then I watched it again and again and again, and for a, for a grown man, it's actually embarrassing of him kicking his back foot like a ten year old on a park. <laughs> it, I, I remember, I remember thinking, wow. So what he does, he actually kicks his own back foot. Then flicks his leg out. Then Fox hits his leg. He'd already, if if you watch it, I've watched it in super, super, absolute slow mo, frame at a time. He's just t- he's literally took a dive, and we've saved it. So you know, thanks for playing. Good try, son. Good try. <laughs> I know what you mean. It was a. It, it's one that when you watch it back, you kind of you know. It wasn't as clear cut as Raheem Sterling last week, was it? Put it that way. Uh, right. Okay. So, <laughs> no. Um, no. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so penalty saved by Dawson. Vic, obviously, you've already talked a bit about that. Um, it was, I mean, to say the fact that we perhaps kind of tongue in cheek kind of giggled a little bit about, you know, the fact that any of us could have saved the penalty against Norwich, which became irrelevant by the fact that we then lost that game 4 0 anyway. Um, this was a cracking penalty save. Fudge, I'm guessing this is one of those moments you've watched, um, back a few times as well. I must admit, I've, I obviously, I saw it on, um, on Twitter afterwards, and I've watched it back a few times, and it kind of like it really got me going. And it's it's daft because we drew, we drew the game nil nil, but that was just one of those yes come on moments. It, it was yeah, I, I remember like when the when the ref blew for the for the penalty. I remember going yeah, of course, of course this is this is yeah sure uh, yeah of course it is. Like you remember when remember when Janice was going to buy the house next door to Chandler and Monica. You know like sure of course this is going to happen, and then uh, <laughs> and then. And then Dawson saved it. And I remember going, yes! Yeah, and, and again, I you know, scared the shite out of the cats. <laughs> and then, uh, <laughs> and then I, I was really invested into this game. It, it, it kind of woke me up a little bit because I knew it would be a you know, six at the back, Dower Park, the bus affair. So it really actually got me going. And it was one of those saves as well where when you pick the right side, you know, and save a penalty, I always believe, just pick a side and go for it. Because if you get that 50-50 chance of picking a side, it's an absolute cracking stop. It always looks great when you, you know, when you just dive and absolutely throw you, throw your nuts at it, and uh, and that's what he did. And then I, I tell you what was my favourite bit about the uh, about the penalty save was afterwards. It was Barry Bannon 
running to Cameron Dawson and the way he put his hands around his face and screamed at him and the celebrations. Because in a, in a time where in our club where we are not convinced who's bleeding for the shirt, that was nice to see. And that, that's what got me going, the, uh, the aftermath of it. I don't know if you could hear it on the TV or not, but there was you know, a, a prolonged chorus of Cameron Dawson is one of our own for quite a while, actually, through the, the first half. And I think probably the, th- good. the thing that we Bloody stung good. the most about was, uh, was, was Cameron Dawson, particularly, you know, as I say, first half he was right in front of the, uh, the away fans. Um, and he did, he just seemed to have a different, um, spring in his step after that. He looked like, you know, a keeper that's for a few games, he's kind of had his head down a little bit, unsurprisingly. Um, and he seemed to come to life. And I think the fact that he won man of the match as well, um, you know, was, was kind of a real good, um, case in point for that, really. The fact that, you know, maybe for him, this is a bit of a turning point and, um, and, uh, you know, not before time. I think he deserved that kind of game and, uh, for everything to go in his, um, I actually, his favor. um, uh, sorry, James. I was just going to say, like, I don't know if you heard it. Obviously, like you were at the game, I don't know if you've seen the stats since, but they were talking on Sky. Like, obviously, from the minute Sky Sports started on Friday night to the minute it ended, we were the worst team in the world. And Hinchcliffe can verify that. We are awful. We are going to go down. We'll be in the conference before you know it. All that shit. But they did say that Cameron Dawson has made the most saves out of any other keeper in the championship. Oh, of course he bloody has. It's like calling up to index mm. all over again. It's but because he's been under the yeah. he's been under the cosh for, for well, ninety he has bloody been minutes. Under the cosh. Of course, of think... course he's made all the saves. You know what I mean? Yeah, One of, of them bounces yeah. off yeah. someone's ass and he picks it up. <laughs> Save, tick. Well done. But what I'm well saying, done, Fudge, is he still got one Kieran Westwood chanted at him a week ago. But yet he has made the most saves in the championship. Like Yeah, because he's been the busiest. It's like when yeah. you had Colin yeah. Opter at the end of the night. It's an awful we start. Had, but we had Kevin he's Pressman made them. at the top of the league. We got relegated that year. And we had Kevin Pressman as the best them. goalie. He's made them. He's like, what, 18, 16, 14. He's still made them. He's made those saves. And I think that's a really good start. Like for him personally. Obviously, for he's like twenty four, Leuven's were well, twelve. <laughs> you know, same thing. Um, <laughs> what you just make this stuff up as you go along? <laughs> Is it that he's old? He's 18, 16, 14. Yeah, he's like yeah. twenty three, twenty four, something like that. Twelve. Um, but he's he's, he's made ground. those saves. He's made the most saves in the championship. Yes, that's shit on our defence, but that actually gives him like considering all the stick he's taken for no clean sheets. It doesn't land at his door, really, does it? Yeah. One clean sheet now. <laughs> How shit must you be? We've kept a clean sheet. Uh, right, let's talk about defending then, uh, because it was. I mean, it was a fairly textbook case of parking the bus, wasn't it, Fudge? Uh, we were never, never really likely to win that game. It was about not dissimilar to the game in January. It was just about damage limitation. Absolutely. And uh, at the risk of trying not to sound too negative about it, I thought the whole thing was embarrassing for Sheffield Wednesday Football Club. The whole setup, the whole turnout, the Ooh. whole performance was absolutely embarrassing. Now, I, I, what I've done, I've practiced this since Friday, so I've been, I've had it, you know, I've had it swimming around in my head. It's been six days now, and, and let me let me tell you for why. So we came up against uh, a second place team in our league, and we were what fourteenth, fifteenth at the time. Now, we've taken a point away at the second-place team. Excellent. Well played, lads. Brilliant. You did what you needed to. Michael Hector, for me, was absolutely outstanding that day. He was in some kind of Mm -hmm. sweeper role that we'd done. 
Now, what I find embarrassing is that in the space of 12, 13 months, that's the way my team has to play in a local derby and in any game per se. That's the way we have to shape up. It's a bigger picture than on the day, but that's embarrassing for me that on our, our marquee fixture that's live on TV, that everybody's watching in the local boozer because it's on on the telly and go, oh, that's a tasty affair. That's the way we pitch up. And that's embarrassing to me. Right. I'm going to disagree with you. I'm going to disagree with you quite strongly here, Fudge. I'm very surprised by this information. Uh, in, in the entire week leading up to it, right, me and Vic spent an hour on Radio Sheffield last week. Um, I did a thing on TalkSport on Friday. Yeah, Every, we, do, we don't like to mention all this. So. The game, all, all the build-up to the game was about us avoiding an absolute hammering. It was we, yes. that was, if, if we avoided a hammering, it was going to be a success, right? And does that not, and, feed, does that not um, hurt you? It was, hang on, hang on, right? You're all right, you're in Sun, you're, you're in Southampton, right? You haven't got United yeah. fans left, right, and centre, right? For us, <laughs> Sheffield, we've got, oh, got to work on. Distance. All right. No, seriously, for us, they've got to go to work on Monday morning and sit next to United fans. And, you know, we're, we're, you know, seeing United fans day in, day out. For us, it was that, it was about avoiding that embarrassment they expected us to have, right? That, that good hiding they expected us I to have. I agree with you. And yes, what did we get? Oh, you defended really well and you managed to keep your, you know, goals conceded to nil. I'll take that because we, we all went to work on Monday morning with our head held high because we did what we needed to do and we avoided that embarrassing defeat that United were absolutely certain they were going to give us. And actually, yep. we were absolutely certain that they were, go that, that they were going to give us as well. So right. um, if the most embarrassing I, thing um, is that we defended well and kept a clean sheet, I'll take that. And I think no, you've yeah. been no, really no, harsh no. on Fudge. No, I think you've missed what I'm saying is I think oh, it's embarrassing. Up, no, listen, I think it's <laughs> embarrassing as a, as a football club that we got to the point where the Blades thought that they were going to trounce us that badly. We have slipped so far down, so far away from Huddersfield, so far away from Wembley. We are that poor as a club that they have the audacity, the nerve to come up to us knowing that they've got to audacity, work with us on, on the Audacity, the second in Monday. the league, man. Exactly. Right. Why aren't we second in the bloody league? Because we're I, shit. I, 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 well, we, had, we, had our, we had our chance. We blew it. You've got exactly, it. and that's embarrassing. <laughs> but the thing that brings it home to me, right, is on, so obviously we played on the Friday night. I went out on the Saturday night. It was a complete coincidence, but I went out for dinner with a really good friend of mine who's a Blade season ticket holder. She goes home and away. Like, I'll I'll take shit from her because she actually goes. She's one of them Blades. Um, and she was fuming, absolutely fuming about their performance. I was buzzing. I was like, mate, we, we parked the bus. But, like, we didn't let you mean, score. Though. And she was like, we haven't got a goal scorer. We're, we're screwed. We're not going to go anywhere. Blah, blah, blah. It's like, mate, you're second in the league. Like, what more do you want? Like, we are four points above relegation or what, five now? Like, but Listen, to them, but this is like, they're in a bad place right exactly, now. Exactly. And, that, and that's embarrassing. You're not listening to me. I'm getting really frustrated. This is shit. But, but, we're we are shit. And that's embarrassing. It is embarrassing. But have you been living under a rock for the last six months? That's what I mean. We have fallen so far. We've been shit all season. Right, we, we, we're in a situation where we've got no money to spend on players. Right, we are in. Yeah, we're, and, we're, and we've we're employed in a retreat. tub of gravy with a moustache to, to try and <laughs> in, instill instill passion and fire into people and try. Yeah, and, but we can't in, get rid now, of him. 
Oh, right, listen, the, 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 issue, the issue for me with the gaffer... Is that, is that is... why we've employed him? What, because he's cheap? <laughs> was that, was that why when, we've employed when him. He walked through, when he walked through the door, was Chan Siri's uh, mission statement for Yoss, right? I want you to inject some fire and passion into this team. Or was it, I want you to reshape this team because we've got no money, so we need to start playing younger players and we need to start reshaping this squad Come and getting on, ourselves man. ready having, for, when, the... for, when we, for when we release what nearly half our squad next summer and start Absolutely. rebuilding anyone with new players. Absolutely. I am not having, anyone who's worth all is jogging on in January. So I am not do a having job. the we're, I want you to bring through younger players. He's played younger players because he has to. Because there's fallouts, there's people getting sold, there's 11, four, to, to 11 million injuries that we've had in the last season. He's not played young players because he wants to. And nobody does. They want to sign players, they want to go out, they want to do this, they want to get this geezer in. They want to get the people in that play their yeah, football. Yeah, but Fudge, that's the exact you know, point. He can't oh, do Nico Crenshaw, you know what I mean? He's uh, got Aaron no Redknapp, money. He wants to get him in. Like, yeah, it, look it, at he it, has what? no money. Bloody Aaron Redknapp and Crenshaw have done it to the clubs. Look what he, they've done to other clubs. We've got Next no money, talking. Fudge. I know you can't see me. But look, <laughs> he, is, he is playing these young players because he has to, not because he wants to. And... That that is the crux of the matter. Now you said, did Chan Siri said to him, "I want to bring instill fire and passion," or do I want to bring somebody who's going to build this team up from the inside out? He's done neither. He's done neither. He's done absolutely nothing because he is just an absolute globule of mix-up between Freddie Mercury's dad and Droopy the dog. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, come in, yeah. Make you go and have a good party and try and win the game, okay? That's what he's like, and it, and. And we know the power of being the 12th man at Hillsborough. And, and I know it's such a cliche to say, but when our crowd is rocking, it is electric. It is on fire. And that bloke has done nothing to try and engage us. What has he done? He's gone to our marquee fixture, chuck six at the back and said, go on, kids, try not to get beat. And that's embarrassing. But we shouldn't so get beaten. What, what would you have done we then? What would have been your, how would you have set up? Would you have got out to attack from the start on Friday? No, you, no like I said to you right at the start, that was the right thing to do that day. But the, given that that was the right thing to do that day, that's the embarrassing point. Oh, it's like it... having a wife. But how is that it. his fault? You can't win. What do so you whose fault is it then? Tell, tell me whose fault it is. Whose fault so is it? So it's an embarrassment. You're embarrassed. Whose fault is it? Who are you I blaming? Am, yeah, what, I, what's I your point? What's falls, your point? I think, I think it falls that we shouldn't have given Carlos Cavaliol a third bite of the cherry after we got outclassed at the John yeah, Smith Stadium. Right. Which is the worst sentence I've ever said in my damn life. And then we, when we did finally bite the bullet and get rid of him, we should have got somebody in with a bit of character, a bit of personality, and a bit of fucking history in this league. And what we got was a, a mop. We got a mop with a mustache. And, and all of a sudden, from what could have been a wobble, what, what was savable, what was salvageable has got worse and worse and worse. And now we're getting spanked at home by Norwich and having to play six at the back against Sheffield United. Because that's what we have to do. Because that's how bad we are. But that is the situation that we're in. And like I said, and that's embarrassing. It's an embarrassing situation to be in. That's why it's embarrassing. That's the point. So are you, are you not embarrassed so you that think... that's the state of our football club right now? Um, I, I, don't, I don't think I'm embarrassed that it's the state of our football club at, at the moment. But I, I accept all this in the summer. I, I knew that this season was going yeah, to be yeah. a damn hard one. Um, and, you know, probably finishing fourth from bottom, that, that would have been, that, that's, that's all right for me because I know that we're in the, the, the kind of the 
the difficult year of a rebuilding process because this is a year where we can't really ship anyone out can't really ship anyone in we've just got to get through this year and then in the summer there's a lot of players that are out of contracts on big money get rid of them and then we we start that rebuilding process um is Jos the right person probably not um do i think the 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 names that are being thrown about you know th- this situation right two three weeks ago twitter was crying out right people saying we need an english manager that understands this league right okay so mick mccarthy was top of the list Fulham sacked their manager, who, by the way, is very much not English. And suddenly, he is the absolute saviour. We've got to do whatever it takes to get him into our football club. Well, we either need an English manager or we don't. We're just throwing shit against the wall right now as fans, where just any manager that we think of, oh, well, just get him in, he'll do a better job. Yeah, just get him, just get him, just get him. We need to stop and think, what's the strategy? What are we trying to do in one year, in two years, in three years, in five years? And which manager is going to be the one that can, can can actually do that, that can that can carry that out? Yeah, probably Yoss isn't the person, but I, I don't see any evidence that there's anyone else out there right now that is going to, and I, and I hate having to use this statement, but I'm going to have to do, that is going to be our Chris Wilder, that is going to do at Sheffield Wednesday what Chris Wilder did yeah. when he went to United. When they were in dire straits, they got no money to spend, they got a boardroom at absolute war, and he not only got them promoted, but got them to a point whereby... They're now making a, a, a go at the, the Premier League. And actually, the if their board is, James, wasn't at war, they'd be spending money and they'd be walking that, <laughs> that leak, right? The thing so is, we, James, we as need you the say right person that, for the situation that we're in. But as you say that, everybody, or like, say, 30% of people listening to this are going, Megson, Megson, Megson. No, no, absolutely not. No. That's, that's how downtrodden our fans are. They want Mick McCarthy and Gary Megson. That's how that's how effed in the F'd in the A we are. But that's a bit of a fallback thing, isn't it? That it's whatever you know. You, you kind of everyone has fond memories of Megson because he's a Wednesday fan. The football was terrible. There was absolutely no thought about future plans there. He was just just try and win the next game. That's all. He's that, that he's like the ex that you remember is. the nice holidays with, and you remember the the lovely meals or whatever. You don't remember the shit when he came home pissed at three in the morning and were- threw up on the f- carpet. You know, do you know what I mean? Like, the, you don't that's remember all, that. There were no lovely meals with Megson. You don't go for lovely meals. It's just a, it was a yeah, it's just a quick time. spit Nando's. and you're done, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. I feel yeah. we've got a bit off topic from uh, how we defended against United. But Fudge, thank you, Vic. How did you feel that we defended against um, Sheffield United on Friday? Outstanding. I think they defended absolutely outstandingly. Um, I think the point is they are <laughs> like. Shoot me now, they are a lot better than us. They are. Like that is that's proven in the league table, that's proven like it's proven. And we matched up to them, we didn't let them score, we we held them back a lot, they had a lot of shots, you know, it was target practice a lot of the time. Um and Cameron Dawson stood up to the task. Michael Hector, take a bow, son. Like he stood up to the task as well. Um it was it was an outstanding defensive performance. And that in fairness, like everyone's moaned, you know, we didn't kick it forward, you know, Fletcher, Fletcher, Mr. Sitter, all that. But we didn't get shafted. And I think that is actually a really good result. Give it United, give it Middlesbrough, give it Arsenal, whoever on their day. They are a million miles ahead of us in the league. And we stuck to a nil-nil draw on a very big, important evening. So I was more than happy with that. I celebrated that like a win, like a win. 
Fair play, fair play. Uh, right, you are uh, again listening to you know a very a very upbeat, very calm edition of the Wednesday Week, sponsored by the Riverside Cafe. It's time for International Watch. Uh, this doesn't take long these days; it really doesn't. So uh, Stephen Fletcher is in the Scotland squad now. They don't play until Saturday. Um, and uh, Fudge, have you got any Scottish relatives like grandparents or anything? Because I think you're probably next in line <laughs> for a call up to the Scotland squad because it's yeah. not going to be. I mean, they've got players dropping out left, right, and centre. Um, Barry Bannon's obviously not going to get a call up. So right, you, you might well get a game if um, if you've got any yeah. you know Scottish relatives that you didn't know about. Yeah, I've got a cousin who's got? ginger, so uh, I think that puts me in. Yeah, uh, yeah, ginger, ginger do, cousin. Then I guess me in. Yeah. Uh, what about Daniel Poodle? Because he's got a call up as well, hasn't he, Fudge? Well, I I, I didn't think this would happen because I always thought I thought Czech Republic were trying to do what Germany did and and uh, and get themselves you know set up for the future and start again because long gone are the days of Karol Poborsky et al. So I thought that that's what they're doing. So to 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 call up thirty odd year old Daniel Poodle. I'm assuming they've had some injuries, or or they've just not seen us play this season, or they've looked at the uh, the Carlin Opter Index that Vic's been looking at and gone, look how many uh, look how many last ditch <laughs> tackles is that to make. <laughs> uh, we've also got um, Atty knew you is is by far and away now the most famous player that Kosovo yes! ever have ever had. He's uh, he's back in action, Vic. He is, yes, brilliant. I'm so I'm so happy for him. Like, because obviously he's not he's not getting the game here, and he sh- he probably shouldn't do. Like, that's fine. Um, but yeah, I think it's lovely, and I think if that builds his confidence as well. Obviously, we've been talking about earlier with finances and stuff. If that puts an extra pound on his head, then brilliant. As far as I'm concerned, like I love him. One I pound. love him. I love him more than life itself. Um. But if he can let us afford to do more in future, then I will happily let him play for his country over and you over and over love again. love him more than life itself, but you'd sell him in January. That's what you're saying. Oh, God, yeah. 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 Fair enough, yeah. I, I, I could subscribe to, um, to that approach to life. Uh, under 21's watch. Um, so I, I think that Fraser Preston's had, I think his first call up to the Scotland under 21s i must admit i've not been following their game so i don't know whether or not he got into the team or even after after whether they've played or not um josh Adamar was in the england under 21 squad but he uh he ended up pulling out of um of, of that one so uh that's that's international watch done we'll revisit it um uh, next week Sick. and see who got game time and uh, who got goals, more importantly. Um, now, um, a bit of a, a celebrity birthday within the Wednesday world this week, Fudge. Yes. Um, now, growing up, this guy was synonymous with Leeds for me when I was a kid, when I first started watching football. And I, and I think I was in my very late yep, teens same. when I realised that he used, to be the, he used to be the Sheffield Wednesday manager and was, was pretty decent by all accounts. Do you know what I mean? Now, Eddie's a couple of years older than me, so he'd probably remember there's a lot more. But um, I think what I uh, remember Howard Wilkinson more for was being the um, the interim chairman when we were uh, when we were effed in the A when we were not having a great time and uh, and I think for Wednesday fans in in recent years that's that's what he should be he should be lauded as so from us at the Wednesday week and uh, the Riverside Cafe 
there's a pint there for you if you if you want to come down. Happy birthday to uh, to Howard Wilkinson. Yeah, very happy birthday to Howard Wilkinson. For the same situation as you, which is I I don't remember him being uh, Wednesday manager, yeah. but I'm told by you know my dad and my uncles and lots of other people that I speak to about the fond memories of you know he got Wednesday promoted back to the old first division way back when in the uh, in the eighties after you know kind of years in the wilderness. So um, someone that's very well thought of, and yeah, absolutely. You know you've got to remember those those days where. He was interim chairman where, I mean, things were awful, weren't they? You know, they, they were the days of, was it mm. Nick Parker who was on TV? Yeah, more or less it, was, it was a great time. You know, um, that was yeah, my I time mean, during they, employment at Sheffield Wednesday. So I'd like to thank you all for wow. those memories. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, yeah, happy yeah. birthday to uh, to Howard Wilkinson. Uh, right, okay. I, I is that is that, Have we got anything else going on in Wednesday World at the moment? I can't think of anything. I think that's it. I think I think we're done. I don't think we have anything else to say, do we? Embarrassing. No. Oh, shut well. up. <laughs> <laughs> you know, at the start, Fudge, when I said it was quite nice doing it last week when you weren't here, yeah. you know. Yeah. Well, that's it, you see. You know, we don't we don't want to get known as the Snowflake podcast. I'm here to just mix it up. You know what I mean? I'm like, I'm like Adrian Durham when I get going. You know what I mean? Me and James got referred to as two snowflake students on Radio Sheffield. Actually, I've never been to university; just work at one. So, and uh, middle class yeah. snowflake students, I think you'll find. So, I told all my family in Shire Green, Hillsborough, they were quite happy to find out that we're now middle class. Brilliant! Oh, that's nice. Yeah. Mm. Uh, right then, that's going to bring us to an end of the Wednesday week for this week. We've only done 40 minutes there. We've got 20 minutes left. Should we talk about Brexit for... Uh, uh, no, yeah. absolutely not. No. Let's wrap things up. Um, let's not. <laughs> uh, right, Fudge, come on, give us your, uh, give us your info. Any time oh, today, dear. Fudge. Is he so angry that he's just stormed off? I Possibly. was chatting away oh. and I was still on mute, so that's nice, isn't it? Yeah. So uh, if you <laughs> if you want to get involved, uh, at Dan Fudge on Twitter, hashtag EmbarrassingSWFC. Give me your stories and, and your take on what you thought how last Friday went. Um, if you disagree, well, you know, at me. I, I, I'll, I'll, I'll happily discuss it with anybody. Yeah. That was really smoothly done and not at all embarrassing for you, Fudge. Uh, right, Vic, <laughs> what's... Uh... Oh, you're so sassy. What's your handle? <laughs> you can find me at So I'm about six beers in tonight. I think I'm doing all right. Are you? That's wild. Yeah. I've had a cup of tea. Um, well, two and a peppermint. Yeah. Um, anyway, you can find me, I'm at Victoria1867. I didn't tweet that much recently because I get a lot of abuse, like whatever I tweet, I could tweet that the sky's blue and everyone would argue and say it's green. Um, but I have been tonight watching The Heist on Sky One, um, and seen this absolutely beautiful, fit bloke driving a car in sunglasses. It's our one known Eddie Hoyland. Um, so yeah, so you can find me at Victoria One Eight Six Seven or watching Sky One. 
Good stuff. Um, you can find me at James Marriott. Uh, thank you very much to the Riverside Cafe. Our sponsors will be back there a week on Saturday when football resumes. We've got to look forward to, we've got uh, two home games in, what, three days, four days? We've got a Saturday game and a Tuesday game. So um, that'll be nice after the international break. Uh, we'll look ahead to those games next week. Uh, but um, for now, thank you for your company. Enjoy the international break and uh, we will see you next week. Keep up to date with the Wednesday Week on Twitter at TWWcast or on our website, thewednesdayweek.co.uk. It's the 90th minute. You've got all your mates round. You've got your McNugget chair boxes coming down the left wing ready to go. Your mate's already been booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget. Snatching all three points, back of the net. Lubosh. Automate delivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com for more information. See you later. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the Talk Sport Fan Network. Talk Sport. Powered by fans.